Good morning, LinkedIn. Good morning, Robert. How are you doing today? Good morning, LinkedIn, and good morning, Doreen. You know, Doreen, today, today, ooh, today, I feel like quiet quitting, remote working on the back of a truck. <laughs> you know, Why not? <laughs> I mean, since we're talking about buzzwords, I just, you know. You can you can just create your own buzzword, right? I think everything and anything is acceptable nowadays. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Good Morning LinkedIn. We're here every Saturday morning to entertain you and to have fun, but also, you know, to have no BS conversation about topics that matters to us, our prof professional and personal development. I'm Darren, and this is... Robert. And today, who today we are going to discover a new buzzword, a few trends, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I'll say, uh, so, so look, I just want to know how many other people are tired of getting beat up by buzzwords. Because every time I open my laptop or my phone, there's some new buzzword that has come out. So I just want to know, does anybody else feel the same way that I do? Anybody else listening? Are you tired of getting beat up by buzzwords? Hey, Doreen, Doreen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever played buzzword bingo? Oh, no, but that I love the idea. Okay, so, so let me tell you. I worked for this one company, and we had this one boss that would always use buzzwords every time you turned around. Everything was a buzzword. So we created a bingo card and we put all the favorite buzzwords on there. And what we said was every time he used the buzzword, we would check it off. And now, now, here's, here's the thing. The prize, though, the prize was if you won, then that week you wouldn't be the one that would have to go and ask the boss some crazy question. You know, because you know how it is when you work in a workplace with a boss that's just kind of authoritative and ugh, a pain to deal with. You send that one person to go and speak for everybody. So if you won buzzword bingo, you could opt out of being that one person for the week. This is so creative and I love the idea and I'm sure you guys had a lot of fun doing it. So, okay. If you follow us, and I hope you do follow us, we have been talking and covering workplace trends for a little while now. And we are never out of topics because there is always a new trend being created or coming back and so on. And the thing is, it's simply because the workplace is evolving. And especially since 2020, uh, like what, what's true today might not longer be true three months, four months, six months from now in the workplace. And so we as employees and employers are on the other side need to adjust to this new era post-pandemic in 2023. Now, I, as things uh, uh, bring... Hold on here. I'm... I'm, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused with myself. Now, all those constant changes brings like uh, a, a new wealth of ideas, trends, you know, uh, things like chaotic, chaotic working. I had never heard of this one. Career cushioning. So I knew this one because I have practiced this one, but I didn't know it was a thing. So career cushioning, 
rage applying, rage applying. <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm going to apply for a job. Yeah, I'm so pissed. I'm sending you my resume. Here you go. <laughs> so those are real trends that does that do exist in the workplace, and we are going to talk about it and try to understand them and let them know which one you have practiced, which one you know, which one you don't know. You know, because this is going to be a lot of fun. All right. All right. So here, here's what I want to know, though. I just asked the question. I just asked the question. I'm going to ask it again. Who's tired of being beat up by buzzwords? But here's what I want to know. What is your favorite buzzword? What? And by favorite, I mean the one you hate the most. But <laughs> Oh, hold on. You have. <laughs> OK. Uh, which one you think is the funniest? Hmm. Uh, which one do you think you could apply? You could do. You could practice. Oh, gee, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I kind of hate all of them because they, they really get on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, we've done shows about several of them, and I think some of them are actually fitting, but I don't necessarily like them. They just they just really get on my nerves. I, I don't know if I would want to apply any of them. I don't know. Okay, so let me ask you a question then. What are those? I mean, as I said, I have practiced a few of them. I didn't know it was a thing back then. But what are those that you have practiced, that you have applied while you were employed? Um, You know, rage quitting? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> rage quitting? All right, all right. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? My man Steve has some that I just kind of, I'm like, huh? Let me add value. That that's one that I'm like, eh, let's just do it. Let's not talk about it. Ooh, to the paradigm shift. You know what? I've never heard anyone use that one actually in the workplace. I've only heard it in on sitcoms. But he also says core competencies. I can't. You know what? That's that that is one I actually kind of like because I think there are a set of core competencies that people must have. But I do think we overuse it. <laughs> now, Steve put it all together, though. Let me just read it the way he wrote it, because it is actually funny. Let me add value to the paradigm shift and core competencies of this discussion. Now, that <laughs> we we here for it. We here for Ooh. it, Steve. Now, now, Shree, Shree said mansplaining, mansplaining, and then Lisa said quiet quitting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to quit, just quit. Don't do it quiet. But, you know, actually, here I can see how you can merge the quiet quitting and the career cushioning. And here how you do it, you know, because quiet quitting and we have had a, a specific episode just to talk about quiet quitting. So don't forget to look at our podcast, goodmorninglinkedin.com. You will see all our episodes over there. So quiet quitting is you start doing the bare minimum because you are transitioning to something else, right? But at the same time, I remember, and you know, it's hard to be fully focused and and committed to a workplace when your mind is already trained to get somewhere else, right? So that's how I would apply the quiet quitting to to me personally. But then I would mix it with uh, career cushioning because while you're still in the job, you are looking for another job and you are looking for a better job. And so you won't quit that job until you have found another job, right? So here, no, 
those are not necessarily bad things if you know how to use them and leverage them smartly and strategically. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. You know what? We've got more coming in. Lisa said upskilling. Upskilling mm -hmm. is one. And then now Shri comes in with this, the trifecta, the like, know, and trust factor. It's important, but it's becoming more of a buzzword. I believe that it is definitely important and yeah. it is becoming just just this buzzword. And sometimes we have to stop talking about it and just make like a tennis shoe and just do it. Did I just do a buzzword then? <laughs> just do it. <laughs> just That's do it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Gabby yeah. also is joining us on the good morning on the show. Hello, Gabby. How are you doing? So, so Doreen, I think today we have a few of those buzzwords that we wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, yeah. a few of them that we want to talk about. Mm -hmm. So what's our first buzzword that we want to talk about? Okay, so this one is new to me, the copycat layoffs. So the copycat, so were you familiar with the copycat layoff? Never heard of it. Okay, so listen to that. The copycat layoff is the idea that companies are being influenced by one another as they cut jobs. Like, this is ridiculous to me. <laughs> but since the start of 2023, numerous tech companies have laid off workers, including, as you know already, Google, Microsoft, Zoom, picking up, picking up on job cuts that started in the second half of 2022. And actually, what happened is when those the, the companies within the same industry, it's not only in the tech industry, right? But what happens here is when, when companies within the same industry see a company starting laying off, they're like, oh, if they are starting to lay off people, I should start laying off people. And so this is how, you know, they are copycatting. Cutting. I don't know if we said that in English. <laughs> they are doing the copycat of what's happening without any necessarily rational economic uh, 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 decision and reasons behind, but because they are seeing other companies in their industry doing it, which to me, it just, it is just mind blowing. I would have never thought that something like this would have existed. You know, if you look at it the other way, it's like you are an employee and you see, uh, um, you know, a couple of people in your department just leaving and you decide to leave because you see other people in your department to leave. But what's the rationale behind? You know what? Here's the thing. I don't think that this is a thing. I don't think that companies are looking at other companies and saying, hey, little Johnny jumped off of a bridge, so I'm going to jump off the bridge, too. I think this is something that the media made up just to get some attention. I don't think, think this so? is a thing. Yeah. You know what? You know what? It's so dumb that it doesn't make sense. But that would that, that's why, actually, that could be possible. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think the economy, it goes and ebbs and flows together. So if it's bad for the tech sector, it's bad for the tech sector. So most companies are going to be laying off. I think it's just something that the media made up so that they can have something to talk about. I don't believe that this is true. And that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay, so now let's talk about the next one. And Lisa is ahead of us because this one is really, really made of, like out of nowhere, which is rage applying. So basically, rage applying is the practice of mass applying for jobs 
fueled by feelings of unhappiness at work. And it seems that it has the potential to pay off. Now, let's be practical here. First of all, if you start looking for another job while you are in a job, it's probably because you are not happy or probably because you aspire to do different things, right? So to me, it's common sense. And then if you want to increase your chances to get a job, of course, you will must apply to jobs. This is how you get it done. Or you can go the smart route, which is networking, but that's for another conversation. But here... If you want to increase your chances of getting a better job, a different job, then you just send resume massively. And let me tell you a story here. When I moved to Canada, I wanted to work for uh, the, the Canadian chapter of UN Women, okay? And the UN, like, you know how challenging it is to get into the system. And so, but because it's a chapter, it works a little bit differently. You have more access. So what I did for six months in a row, every two weeks, I send my resume. I was like, listen, at some point, someone is going to see my resume, someone is going to open my email, and someone is going to respond to me, which happens, which happened after six months. Is that rage applying? Because, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, what would you call it rage applying? Look, I, I think... When I look at what it says, it says people are the practice of mass applying for jobs because you're unhappy at work. I think when people are unhappy at work, they do look for another job, but I don't think there's any rage associated with it. I picture someone just applying for hundreds of jobs. And let's just be honest, looking for a job is a job in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It takes you on average about 30 minutes to complete an application nowadays because you go to somebody's website and they ask you to upload your resume in PDF format and you do. And then they ask you to fill in all the boxes because it didn't strip out the stuff from the PDF appropriately the way that it was supposed to. Now, that would be my definition of rage applying that I'm so mad that you can't streamline your process and make it seamless. That's my rage applying, not the whole, I'm just applying for all kinds of jobs out of the blue just because, you know? I know, I know, I know. This is, this is, this is ridiculous. And actually, Gabe says, I like being written up by buzzwords. Uh, who else is in the place? I see more people joining us. I cannot see your name, but welcome and thank you for joining us this morning. This is, this is an interesting conversation this morning. <laughs> That's uh, Robert, um, um, uh, ooh, Robert F. Okay. So what's the next one? What's the next trend? Because we have a couple of trends that we want to cover here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So our next one is quiet hiring. Now, they're saying that that refers to internal promotion. So as companies cut back on hiring amid recession fears, Quiet hiring is focusing on internal talent without increasing headcount. Smart. It is smart. It's very smart um, if you have the talent there. Now, here's the one thing about quiet hiring and the definition that they've attributed to it here. I don't know if it's just internal, focusing on internal candidates, because to me, it would also be organizations who actively seek out talent even outside of the organization, but they don't necessarily post the jobs everywhere. 
or they post it, but still they're out with their headhunters in-house looking for talent. I think that the job market now is really crazy the way people post jobs and then they get hundreds of applicants. I think companies are going to have to start reverse engineering the way that they hire, especially if you're an organization that has a good social media presence. You can find candidates based on the way they interact with you online. You know, you could say, hey, this person, mm -hmm. I might want this person to work at our company because they interacted with these specific posts. So I think we got to do a better job of this quiet hiring thing, because honestly, when I was hiring for people, I would post a job and I'd get hundreds of applicants. And that is a job in and of itself, trying to sift through all those resumes. Yeah. And, you know, I remember being that in that position as well. And I really didn't like going through resumes. First of all, it's time consuming. It is exhausting. But, you know, like I, I have these things where I have a trust issue with resume because basically you can write whatever you want on a resume. And then you don't know if the person you are going to select based on the resume alone is like the right fit for the organization. That's what you you can say here, but that's why, you know, there is interviews. Yes, but if I could avoid spending time sitting down with someone who, you know, uh, improved or lied on his or her resume, I would strongly appreciate it. So employees referral, and I saw Lisa also talking about employee referrals. Exactly, you know, quiet hiring. It's about who you know that you know <laughs> that could be a good fit that, for that position. So that's one. Hence, networking is very important and if yeah. you want to be effective at networking guess what's the base your personal brand because when people will check you out exactly and thank you rob when people will check you out they will they will look at you and say okay yes i want to meet with that person you know i want to talk to that person or not that's why you gotta learn to stand out from the crowd and there is a book that i have written especially for you so you can stand out from the crowd online, offline, basically what it means, you build a strong base, you build, you build your no like and trust factor, the way we have said it. <laughs> it's not the best word here. I show you step by step how to build your no like and trust factor. So when people ask questions about you, when they ask for referrals, or when they Google you, when they check your LinkedIn profile, you are the one that they want to know more about and that they want to talk to. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So now, we're talking about buzzwords, like them or hate them. The world is full of them now. So where are we next, Doreen? Where are we going to next? Ooh, that one. We are talking about chaotic working. <laughs> that one is a little bit intense. So let's take a look at the definition here. Chaotic working, a.k.a. malicious compliance. So, it involves employees using their position at work to help customers or clients at their employer's expense. Though it often entails breaking some rules, workers may do it without fear of repercussions because they are simply fed up with their job, employer, or the, their general state of work. And this practice may become more popular in 2022 as anti-work sentiments grow grow. So let me give you a concrete example. I'm, I'm developing another project that you will soon hear about. And it implies me working with uh, uh, specific companies. And one of the company 
a partner company I was working with, I wasn't really satisfied. And, you know, one day it was one thing, the other day was another thing. So the management team, I didn't have a good feeling with the management team, but I was okay. Listen, I'm, I'm new to this. So I'm learning and I'm being patient, patient here. And one of the employees told me, hey, you know what? You should look for another expert in this industry to help you to that and achieve that. So basically, this employee sent me over to their competitors. And so ultimately, they lost the contract. So I am grateful to the employee because honestly, he provided me great advice. So he behaved in my best interest and I'm grateful for that, but he clearly didn't behave in the best interest of the company he's working for. You know, I I think this one, this one probably happens more often than we are aware of because there are people who work for organizations and some organizations have stupid processes and it frustrates people and they end up breaking the rules because the rule is kind of dumb. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should go out and just break the rules, but how many of us have worked for an organization where there was a policy that was either anti-employee or worse yet, anti-customer that just didn't make sense because times have changed and the organization Mm -hmm. didn't catch up to the times? So this one, I could actually understand in certain scenarios more than some of the others. But yeah, it happens all the time. It does. It does. hundred percent. Uh, which brings us to the next one, which is the next, which is the next trend. The next one is shift shock Ooh. or what they're calling what new hire remorse. Yes. <laughs> so now how many of you have started a new job with a lot of excitement only to realize it just wasn't what you expected. That ever happened to you? It's happened to me before. Now, oh, me. according to a 2022 study by the muse, of about 2,500 respondents have had an experience, have had this experience. So this experience is nothing new. And today, well, we're more likely to see shift shock. In another survey, 80% of respondents said that it was acceptable to leave a new job within six months if it didn't live up to expectations. What do you think about that? I like that. You know, I really like that because, and this is something that I have applied myself while I was in the, in the, in the workforce, in the market, hunting for jobs. This is something I have always applied, you know, because there is a probatory period, usually that is three months to six months. And then the company decides if they want to hire you or not. Right. But within those six months, so many things can happen. Right. So if you feel and I, I believe the, the mindset before was, OK, you know, give it a year, give it two years to see, you know, if you like it, if you want to stay or not. I think it's a waste of time. I think within the first few months and even sometimes few weeks, you can see if it's a good fit for you and if it can take you to the next level. That's what I would I remember clearly, you know, every time I would get a new job. A month with it, the, the new job, I would start searching for what's happening in the job market, right? Because for me, any new job I got, it was an opportunity to take me to the next step, right? And not to stay there and sit there and spend a couple of years there. So for me, it was very strategic. And I rarely, yeah, I think maybe the longest I have been in a job is two years. 
Yeah. I think the scary part about that one, though, is when you get to that new job, you realize it's not what you thought it was going to be. And now you don't have another job. So, yeah, trying to find something as quickly as possible, like you said, start researching what's happening is probably going to be key. Now, what's our next one? But actually, you know, this is a perfect. The next one is really a, an answer to to your question, actually, because yep. this is what we call career cautioning, right? And oh, we're gonna yes, hold on. This is me. I'm changing it because I feel like the career cautioning is 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 responding to your question. What do you do when you don't have a job? I mean, when you are in a new job, you don't like it, and you. You don't have any other option. That's what they call career cautioning. And I talked about it earlier. It's when, you know, you are in a job, but you start searching for another job. And you don't have to be like a year or two years into that new that job in order to start, you know, searching for a new job. You can do it as soon as you get a new job, right? So some workers are dusting off their resumes and showing up their skills to protect themselves in case they are laid off. But I think it's really the old mindset here. I think as millennials, and Gen Z now in the workplace, that's what we do. We keep our resume up to date. Our resume is always handy. And, you know, we're going there. We don't like it. We're moving on. We don't stay. We don't settle. We Sometimes I want to say we don't even try too much, we can, which can be unfortunate and counterintuitive. But at the end of the day, you know, it's about being smart and strategic and what you can do that will take you closer to your goal the faster. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's here's why that makes a whole lot of sense. Let's just be honest. When we are happy employees, we actually do work harder for the company. Mm-hmm. And so if you leave a job where you're not happy, not only are you doing yourself a favor, you are actually doing the company a favor as long as you leave on the right terms. Right. So if we want to create healthier workplaces, we got to break down the stigma that people have to stay in a job for 10 years and yeah. commit 10 years to an organization because we all change. And um, I think you actually do a better service to the organization and to yourself when you find something where you can at least be content because nobody needs to go to work where they just hate it. Yeah. You're not going to be happy every day. If you think you're going to be happy every day, you're delusional. But if you're mad every day, something is wrong. Well, if you are sad and happy, if you feel unfulfilled every day, this is a torture, honestly, to go to work uh, like in, in those conditions. So you want to ensure that you do practice a career cautioning smartly and strategically. You know, there is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with it. And I would encourage you to do so. Which brings us now to our next and last trend. Boomerang employees. Well, now that one is kind of self-explanatory, right? You leave and then you come back. And, you know, I think it happens a a lot because during the pandemic, there was this this wave of how we called it. It was like massive, massive quitting. Yeah. Something like this. I don't even remember what, what was the name of the trend, but where people were quitting the job in waves massively because they say, hey, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be that, which is great, which is great. But then the, the recession kicked in and then they realized, oh, you know, being an entrepreneur is not that easy. Oh, you know, following your passion is not that easy. Or maybe what I thought was a passion, you know, is not a passion or I cannot monetize my passion. And now this recession kicked in and you're like, damn, 
what do I do, you know? And so you go back to where you came from. You go back to your old job because, you know, this is what I know and this is what where maybe you feel safe for the time being. But, you know, that works the other way, too. Think about companies who lay people off, let them go, and then they realize, oh, my, this person did a whole lot more than I thought they did. And they have to hire two people to replace the one person that they just let go. And then they ask that person to come back sometimes. So that that works multiple ways because the grass is not always greener on the other side. There's always poo-poo on both sides, right? Always. <laughs> That's a good one. I mean, you know, the poo-poo makes the grass grow. True. True. So whose poop would you rather see? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Before this becomes a full-on poop discussion. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> So let's let's go back to the comment here. I see Lisa, Lisa, who says rage applying is real. I used to do years ago when there wasn't a name for it, right? Like we used to do so many things that there was no name for it. And now there is a name for almost everything. So they are making everything a thing. I'm like, what's happening, people? Um, we have another comment here, layoff copycats everywhere. They are simple solutions. Yeah, those people, they just like, they, 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 they keep it simple for themselves and for their company. Okay, wow, so that was a funny one. And they're like, so let me tell you this, if you want to learn more and read more about the, the, the biggest uh, workplace trends and buzzwords, in 2023 and what what they mean so everything we shared with you today is from an article that was published by the world economic forum and they talk about much more trends but the other trends that they talk about we have already dedicated an entire episode to each one of those trends so go over on goodmorninglinkedin.com and listen to those episodes because as you know and as you see we have a lot of fun here we try to that's for sure so it's time to wrap up it is time to wrap up i was trying to think of a funny buzzword to end with but i couldn't so We'll just end the normal way, right? Normal is good too. Is it? It is, yes. I like normal. So let's, okay. let's do the normal thing. Okay, okay. So let's do the normal thing. Oh, wait. This way. Over to you, Doreen. Okay. So thank you everyone for watching and for listening to this episode of Good Morning LinkedIn. We will see you next week, Saturday, for another live conversation. And in the meantime, you take care, you stay safe, and we will see you next week. Peace out.